mighty fancy automobile. Oh, she's a real road king, all right. Zero to 60 in 7.5. She'll do a quarter mile, 13.40. 390 horsepower. 500 foot-pounds of torque. Whatever that is, performance and image, that's what it's all about. There's no such thing as a stupid question. This is Drive Radio. All of your automotive questions are just one phone call away. 303-477-5600. Drive Radio is made possible by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. To find one near you, go to drive-radio.com. Now, Drive Radio on KLZ 560. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Josh Goff, Legacy Automotive in Boulder, also Ridgeline Auto Brokers in Boulder as well. So if you need anything when it comes to either getting a vehicle fixed, repaired, maintained, whatever, they can do that. And if you're looking to buy, sell, trade, whatever you want to do on a used car, uh, we can take care of all of that as well. And find all of that at drive-radio.com. Kyle, out out of Dallas, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How about you? Doing great. Thanks for calling, sir. Yeah, great show as usual. Um, hey, I have a question to ask uh, about engine immobilizers. Uh, one of the things that made the news <clears throat> this past week was uh, some of the major insurance companies are now not going to insure certain models of Kias and Hyundais because they're uh, they're some of the most stolen cars out there, and they're ones that uh, they claim that the reason they're not doing that is because they don't have engine immobilizers. Are those usually uh, found on keyless uh, systems or the ones that have keys? Both. Both, yeah. Go ahead, Josh. You can all, answer this better than the, I can. Yeah, all the Go above. Ahead. I mean, it originally started with GM when they had those, what we used to call the little chip keys back in the late 80s. Those were the first ones I remember dealing with with an immobilizer in them. But Ford had them, too. Ford had them. Yeah, it all depends it, on... It was called the pass system, but yeah, they've been around for a while, Kyle. And it depends on the level, you oh, know? okay. So sometimes the cheaper trucks wouldn't have it, but the more expensive trucks would have it. So it kind of was the price point of the car, too. Was where it was Good at. point. So is that uh, is that pretty much up to the auto manufacturer whether they want to include an engine immobilizer from model to model? It is, and yep. even in the same model. So I had a 99 Cherokee in the other day, mm-hmm. which seems pretty old, and it had a mobilizer on it, but the majority of them built Didn't. never came with the mobilizers on it. So, you know, we had to do some work to get that to work again. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, it, it, and some... Lines today, Kyle, it's standard that manufacturers doing it across the board. Uh, it, to Josh's point used to be you could have the you, you could have one F two fifty for example mm-hmm. that would have one same exact year and the other one wouldn't. It really was kind of hit and miss back in the day. It's be, it's a it's become a lot more standard that the majority, which with the exception of the two you're talking about, have got them. Right. Why they didn't do that? Well, I, I know why because they saved money by not doing it. It's cheaper. Yeah, sure. Cheaper to build. Yeah. So what do those do? I mean, when the car detects that someone's trying to, uh, trying to uh, you know, break into the – does it uh, disconnect the circuit? If it knows you don't have the fob and everything with you that was original to the car programmed correctly, it just won't start. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. And some will crank okay. and, and not fire. Some won't even crank over. Correct. Now, what thieves are oh, doing, okay. for all of you listening, thing to be aware of, and that's why you need to mm-hmm. watch your surroundings at all time. There are now devices, receiving devices, Kyle, where a guy can sit in a parking lot, be three or four cars away from you, you pull in or back into a parking spot, get out, lock the car. He just picked up your code as you were leaving if he's close enough. And then he can duplicate a fob 
take the car and go. That's also happening. So in that case, there's nothing you can do about it. It is what it is. Yeah. And that's where, again, just be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. Well, I know between car owners and cars. Why we do it, because people are, you know, are habitual and they want to park as close to the, you know, the, the, the front of the store as they possibly can and so on. Although I will tell you, that's the easiest place for people even to be sitting inside of a strip mall. And as you pull up and walk in and lock the car, they're stealing, you know, your codes. And, and, and why we don't park out further away, watch the surroundings, walk in pay more attention, but Kyle, most people don't do that. They're not even aware of their surroundings and who's even around them when they get out of the car. And there's, there's never been a time in life where it's more important than now to do that. I understand. But nobody does. Well, I just wanted to get you... Well, no, they don't. And I, uh, I just wanted to get your take on what, uh, <clears throat> what your opinion was or what you thought of uh, you know, might be going on within, with, uh, with Hyundai and Kia. Well, and, uh, I, I think you know, they've the, uh, made huge mistakes on that. They were trying to save money. They didn't have immobilizers on them. And now it's really, you know, the PR hit on this is just crazy. I, I don't know what they were, th- well, they weren't thinking. Because if they'd been thinking, they would have spent a little extra money, done that. But, you know, in, in the way they're looking at it, and this way any manufacturer looks at it, Kyle, if we're going to produce, I don't know, million cars. And I can save 20 bucks per car by not putting a mo- an immobilizer on it. I just put $20 million in my pocket. Sure. That's how they see it. Uh, yeah. All right. Makes sense. All right. Well, I appreciate your time. No, great, great question, by the way. And, and all right, real quick, before we go to, to Jesse, I also wanted this goes back to the whole part OEM is an aftermarket part better. Keep in mind, if the OEM, and Josh, they were talking about this at the top of the hour, if the OEM, we'll take a ball joint, for example. If the OEM can save $5 on a ball joint, mm-hmm. knowing they can get to the 50,000-mile mark with that ball joint and for all in- intensive purposes, keep that vehicle out of warranty, no problems in warranty, it's all good, it's done, it's handled. But if they can save 5 or $10 on a ball joint, even though it might need replaced at 50000 versus 100 what do you think they're going to do? Right. They're building millions of cars with two ball joints on, well, four ball joints on each car. If they can save $5 a joint, which is $20 per vehicle, and they can do that millions of times over, what do you think they're going to do? Yeah. They're going to save the money. That they are. And which, which tells you that it's not always that OEM is the best option. It's why you need to know the vehicle, the parts, what's available, and so on to make it all work. Jesse at North Glen, you're next. Yes, uh, I would like to talk to you guys and give me your advice on or your opinion on. Uh, I'm looking at a pretty new Ford F250, and I've been looking for a diesel. Okay. Uh, but the one that I just saw is a biodiesel, and I'm kind of shying away from that. But it's only because of ignorance. I don't know. And so, so give me make and model, and because biodiesel is just the type of fuel most diesels out there, depending upon uh, the year and the engine, can run biodiesel. So, what what year and and uh, you know it's an F two fifty. What year and engine is it? Twenty one. It's got the the diesel engine. I don't know what. Yes, yeah, six seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's got a uh, thirty thousand miles. And he's been running biodiesel, or it's just an engine that can run that, biodiesel. That's a good question. I that's. I was going to ask that. Because they, they can. The modern diesels can run. And for those of you listening, here's the, here's the pros and cons to biodiesel. Biodiesel typically 
can be, not always, can be a little cheaper per gallon than regular diesel. The key to biodiesel that you have to be careful of, Jesse, is if you've got a vehicle where you maybe have been running not so great a fuel in it for quite some time, the biodiesel is very... Uh, it's it's very much a cleaning type fuel. The biodiesel will clean better than regular fuel will, and I cannot get into the chemical compound and tell you why. I just know that it does. So one of the things that folks have found in the past when they switch to a biodiesel is they can have contaminants and problems in fuel filters because the biodiesel is going to clean the system a little better than what it maybe had been prior and for a lot of folks, they just need to make sure they change their fuel filter a little more often running biodiesel than regular diesel. But most diesels will run either. So uh, let me ask you this. Uh, if you were going to buy a diesel truck, would you go with the biodiesel or just a diesel? It doesn't matter. All of the late model, the year that you're looking at on a 1920 or a 2021, you could buy a Ford 6.7. You could buy a GM Duramax 6.6. You could buy a Dodge 6.7. They're all fairly equal. It really doesn't make any difference. It comes down to price, the con- you know the, the, the driver conveniences in that particular vehicle that you like. They're all great vehicles. They've got good transmissions behind each one of those, especially if you go to the 3500 on the Ram. It'll have the ASIN transmission. But really, Jesse, it comes down to more of the creature comforts and which truck do you like best and what can you buy the cheapest and whatever meets your needs. As far as the rest of it goes, it doesn't matter. Sorry, it just doesn't. All right. That answered my question. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. And, Josh, if you want to add something to that, go ahead. No, you're absolutely right. You know, it's what you like on those. They're all basically the same. Now, (laughs) there's a few other idiosyncrasies when it comes to what you're using the truck for. So really quick, rule of thumb. If you want tight turning radius, you have to buy a Ram. And the way that works is Ram is the tightest, GM is second, Ford is the last. They're the worst. Um, GM because of the independent suspension and they can't turn the angle quite as tight. And Ford because of where they've positioned their control arms that are coming down from the frame, they won't turn quite as tight either. If turning radius isn't a big issue, then take your pick and run with it. The GMs typically, now not as of late, but typically they were a little lower to the ground, so they were a little easier to get in and out of. It's why you saw a lot of the hot shotters and such. They would run Duramaxes with the Allison, uh, a true Allison. The 10 speeds today are not a true Allison. I want to make sure I'm clear on that as well. It's an Allison approved and branded transmission through General Motors, but it is not an Allison made transmission coming out of the Allison factory. There's a lot of misconceptions on and, and a lot of wives tales on that as well. The new 10 speed Allisons behind the Duramax engines are not a true Allison. They are, again, Allison approved and branded. It's sort of a co-thing they did, but they are made in a GM plant, not an Allison plant. So they are not one and the same. If you want a true Allison, you got to buy some of the older Duramax diesels that have the Allison behind that because the new ones are not. Now, does that mean it's a bad transmission? Some of the earlier ones had problems back in 2020. I think they've improved on that. They're not as bad as they were. Would I buy one today? Yes. Uh, but the Ford has been tried and true, and the ASIN that the, that the Rams are using is probably one of the more robust ones now of all three. It didn't used to be that way because the real Allisons were probably at the cream, you know, were the cream of the crop and at the top of the list. But the ASINs are a solid transmission. I've owned those now for 
years and we're rough on them. We plow snow and do all sorts of things with them. And if there's anything that you can do to tear a truck up, it's plow snow. (laughs) And if the transmission will survive behind what we're doing, it'll pretty much handle anything you're doing. And And I mean that with all sincerity. One last thing to make note of, and this is just me. It doesn't necessarily mean it's all of you listening, but I will tell you right now, for us personally, I don't run any Fords, mainly because I don't like their dealer network here in town. I think their dealers in this town stink, so I don't run any Fords because you can't get them serviced under warranty for for squat. That's my own experience. That's me talking. So we run either GMs or Rams, and I will tell you right now, plowing snow, the GMs suck. And I love GM. And I love the Duramax, and I love the Allison. But their regen process on their DPF system and the emission side of it on a Duramax when you're plowing snow absolutely stinks. We are having trouble getting those trucks to even stay running through full snowstorms. We can't get them to regen afterwards. We have to manually regen them when we do. Uh, at this point, we're pretty much buying RAM from this point forward because the GMs plowing snow just are not doing what they need to for us, for me personally. Now... All that being said, depending upon what you do with the truck, you may never notice the things that I just said, because unless you're plowing snow and doing what we're doing, you'll never notice it. If you're just you know towing trailers and heading up over the pass and doing things along those lines, any one of the three will do whatever you want to. Not an issue. And as far as maintenance goes, Josh, you would know this as well as anyone. They're pretty equal. They're pretty equal. Yeah. They're not a lot of difference. No. One might have one part that breaks more than the other, but, you know, the Ford has... This that breaks more than the GM does and the Correct. Dodge, and so it's they're all, it's all about evil. the same. All right, we'll be right back. Lines are open three zero three four seven seven five six zero zero. Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over eighty years, probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our three hundred ten thousand parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to the patented damping mechanism on our drive-align belt tensioners to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa. Get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Leuenberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. 
If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product BG. that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to bgfindashop.com. Did you know that the dental health of your pet is extremely important? Your pet can also get periodontal disease, and it's one of the most common clinical conditions seen by the veterinarians at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. This may come as a surprise, but most adult dogs and cats show some signs of the disease by the time they reach three years of age. If left untreated, pet dental disease can also lead to pain, tooth loss, infection, and even damage to the vital organs such as heart, liver, and kidneys. Your pet's dental health is important to Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. In recognition of National Pet Dental Health Month, which is observed every February, we're placing the spotlight on periodontal disease and what pet owners can do to prevent and treat this serious condition. Call today and schedule your pet's exam. Call 303-708-8050. That's 303-708-8050. You can also visit LoneTreeVet.com. All right, we're back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Josh Goff from Legacy Automotive up in Boulder, Ridgeline Auto Brokers as well. Keith from Aurora, you're next. Go ahead, Keith. Hi, guys. I got a 2001 Nissan Pathfinder, and when you go to turn it or to start it, it just goes, it doesn't even make a sound. It's, just, it's dead. But if I take and I wiggle the key and, you know, wiggle the steering wheel or sometimes even wiggle the gear shift knobs, it will go ahead and start. Any ideas? Yeah, usually it's what we call the electrical end of the ignition switch. So you have your mechanical side, and then the back of the mechanical side of the ignition switch, there's an electrical end. And those are pretty common to go out. You can go to Napa and pick one up. Usually they have them in stock because they were, you know, they failed so often. And you just pull the, you know, steering column apart, and you'll see that end on it. There's usually two screws that hold it in and a big, like, six-pin electrical plug, and put it back in, and away you go. Really? Mm-hmm. Even I can do that? Even you can do that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good one. Okay. Thank you, guys. I'll give it a try. Keith, Thank you're you. very welcome. And, right. you know, there's a lot of things that sound, you know, that some people would think are over their heads. But if you really just take a little bit of time and look at it, it's exactly not that bad. It's not that bad. It's just knowing what to do. Right. Probably the best way for me to say it. And as I said earlier, even on Fix It Radio, having the right tools helps immensely as well. But uh, just knowing what to do is really all there is to it. Yeah, on this and, you know, pretty much a Phillips head screwdriver, and this one's done. That's pretty – most everybody has that kicking around. That they do. If not, you should. Right. Because <laughs> Phillips head screw – you know, Phillips you – know, everybody's got Phillips somewhere in their world. So if you don't have a Phillips head screwdriver, you need, I mean, you need a basic tool kit, which would include both of those in it anyway. So yes, of course you would need that really quick back to the diesel end of things. Uh, Josh, <clears throat> again, you do some diesel work, which not everybody out there does. What do you find is some of the things that diesel owners in general don't do like they should do? Well, I think, you know, filters, everybody, you know, if you've had a diesel for a long time, you understand that, the fuel filter is basically the life of a diesel. Correct. 
And whenever you have any issue with the diesel, replace the fuel filter first. Because diesel's alive, it can grow, bacteria and stuff like that, that will grow on the fuel filter and plug it up. So fuel filters, if you're new to diesels, replace your fuel filters. And that's the main thing that I feel that people neglect because they don't, on a car anymore, we hardly ever replace a fuel filter. Well, in fact, most of them are built into the pump assembly and you don't even mess with them anyways. Yeah, you have no access to them unless you put a new pump in. Now, I will say this too, and this is again like anything else. A lot of the newer diesels will have even a a gauge, if you would, or a timer Mm -hmm. that's built into the vehicle that says when that fuel filter needs change. Now, just like anything else, it's not the Bible. Right. It's a recommendation. If you feel like you need to change that a little more often, go for it. Do so. Because it's just a guide. For example, on my Colorado diesel, my 2.8 liter Duramax, it will tell me I can go a lot further even on an oil change than what I actually do because I know when I want to change and I know the history of those engines, what they need, what they don't need. And even though I could run that thing to probably six or 7,000 miles, I change it between four and five. Even though it's a diesel and I could go longer, that's just when I change it. It's my rule of thumb. And with diesel fuel, you got to remember, if you're buying from a truck stop or someplace where they're constantly getting new diesel, Good point. you don't need to worry as much about changing your filters. If you're Good in point. some of these places where they buy one tank of diesel a, a year month or, or a month, yeah. that fuel's yeah. getting old. Good point. And you're going to have issues. And I've seen it a bunch of times. People go up to a mountain town that they hardly sell their diesel. They fill their diesel up, and a few miles down the road, they got a check engine light. They're losing power, all this. And Great like, point. Filter go, plugged. Yep, the filter's plugged. Great point. No, that's great advice, Josh. Warren in Elbert County, you're next. Hello, Warren. Hello. Hey, John. How are you, sir? Hey, I got a... Oh, I'm all right. Beautiful day in the village. Nice. Hey, I I just got a comment on your old car show. Sure. Um, One of my favorite is that roadkill junkyard gold. Mm -hmm. I've only seen a couple episodes of that, so you'll have to... I, I don't know much about this show. Again, I've just watched some bits and pieces of it here and there. It looks pretty good, but I've not watched a whole episode. Yeah, he just prowls through an old junkyard, and, uh, and then he can spot a certain model. And they, like, resurrect them, right? Isn't that not what they do? Well, sometimes. Sometimes he just does it on the computer. That's his dream car. But uh, I've really learned a lot from that show. Hmm. Okay. I'll have to pick it up and watch it. I, again, that's one I have not watched much of. Okay, yeah, it's pretty interesting. He just follows old junkyards, and he's got a, I mean, he has a library of information. Steve McNaughty is his name. Okay. I guess he's, uh, I think he's an author or writer for, I think Hot Rod Magazine, maybe? Yeah, Hot Rod and Road and Track. He has a YouTube channel that I watch pretty much every night. It's kind of the same thing. He goes to a junkyard and tells you everything you ever want to know about this old car. Okay. Good to know. I, I'll check it out, Warren. I didn't know that. I'll, that's when I'll check out. He even went to the Rambler Ranch outside of Elizabeth for one episode. It was pretty interesting. Okay. Good to know. I'll give that a whirl. And also on another note, I think uh, I'll give your partner at Worldwide Vintage Auto a call. I've got a little 62 Chrysler Newport that I'm never going to get around. There you go. Call them. They'll they'll help you with all that, Warren. Yeah, they'd be happy to. Good guys. All right. I appreciate that. Nope, let them know you listen. They'll, they'll appreciate that, so please do, sir. Okay. Thanks, Warren. Appreciate it. Yeah, any of you guys listening, like Warren, if you've got an older vehicle that you don't think you're ever going to get around to, to you know, rebuilding or doing or whatever, and it really doesn't even matter what condition it's in, give the guys at Worldwide a call. 
they'll either come out or have you send pictures back and forth, and they will help you through that process of what it takes to move that car. And if you're looking to buy a car, be sure to go on their website, sign up for their newsletter. It comes out every Thursday, and it kind of gives you a jump on what's coming for the weekend even because they get new cars, given that they do consignment. They're getting new cars in and out daily, literally. So they're getting cars on a regular basis. So if you want to be kind of on the front side knowing what they've got coming in, and they've got a wide variety of cars. I mean, I've been through their building. They've got hundreds of cars in stock, literally hundreds of cars in stock, and they're all classics. So yeah, anything you need along those lines, give Worldwide a call. And again, go right to the website. You can click on it. It'll take you right to them, drive-radio.com. Doug, you're next. Well, thank you for taking the call. Thank you, Um, Doug. I got a couple of questions. One, um, they're concerning an 03 up 350. Um, my fuel indicator, the sending unit, every once in a while it will ping and then the needle will drop to zero even though there's plenty of fuel in it. Another thing that, and that's been going on for eight months or so, and I just haven't taken time to look at it in the tank. But then another thing that's happening is uh, my indicator buzzer, it pings to warn me that my headlights are on. That doesn't shut off. Once in a while it will, but um, it pings whenever I open the door and I'm leaving the vehicle locked. It, so I'm just wondering, am I, should I be looking for a, a ground wire that's loose or something, or do you have any ideas? Maybe is it in the ignition switch itself that um, a connection or something isn't being disconnected when I shut off the key or something? It could be an ignition switch on that because I've had issues with those in the past. Not the fuel gauge side. I mean, the fuel gauge is probably the float has some dead right, spots okay. in, in the tank. But for the headlights, that's where I would start is just make sure. That when you put the key in, does, can you feel? A lot of times they will, you know, as you turn it to pull the key out, it'll be kind of sticky. Can you wiggle it back and forth and make that, you know, buzzer quit? Or is it always the same? You know, I try that, and um, it's always the same. And then I'll take the key out, and I'll just tap it with my hand a little bit to see if maybe I can jiggle something into place that hasn't fallen into place or something. But, no, it key doesn't It just it doesn't seem to work. And when you tap it with I your mean, hand, does it change it? No, it doesn't do a thing. Okay, so that's probably not an ignition switch then. Um, oh, really? Yeah, because, I mean, usually those switches, what happens is they just get gummy in there, mm-hmm. and the little pins, there's right. a little, basically, a micro switch when you put the key in, and it'll stick. So usually, you know, you can tap it, or if you wiggle that key, I it'll usually go, find it'll yeah. it'll make that micro switch move. You know, you can and squirt you, a little WD in there and try it, but just a, a little bit. One and squirt. That, one squirt, and that'll kind of loosen that micro switch up. I would try that first, but usually, and you know, you tap it with your hand, or you move that key around, and it'll quit on that side and there's okay. usually not like a and common ground on those that you know causes that issue too and does the door ajar light stay on even when the door's closed and see that doesn't happen no okay because it was in a vehicle right now but <laughs> yeah it was pretty common on those those door jar switches were terrible on those things so. yeah and that's all one mechanism in the door latch assembly which was going to be the next thing i would tell you to look at doug is just look at that whole latch assembly Okay. Because they would do what you're talking about just because they'd go bad. All right. And you'd recommend WD over uh, silicone? Yeah. Either. But WD is better. It'll it'll, it'll have more penetrating and and lubricating 
And you kind of want the solvent side Correct. of WD. Because really, what you're really trying to do is to break up just that gum. It's like... Or the silicone one. The silicone will lube it, but it's not going to break anything up. Okay. Well, thank you. You're thank very you welcome, Doug. Appreciate it very much. Deborah in Westminster, hang tight. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back, give you plenty of time that way. Lines are open, 303-477-5600. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses. We'll look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes, And every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Thinking rates are too high to buy a home? Wish they were in the threes or fours? Well, your wait is over. Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage. With a 3-2-1 buy-down, you can now purchase a home at 3.193% first year, 4.913% second, 5.913 the third, and the remaining years at 6.913, with an APR of 6.985. If rates go down, refinance and save even more. On a $400,000 loan, your monthly payment would be over $748 a month less the first year, $511 the second, $262 the third, with a total savings of over $18,000. Before you buy, take AIM, 720 Three to one buy downs available up to 95% loan to value. If you're thinking about home ownership, now may be the best time to purchase. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Own your new home and save thousands in payments. That's 720-895-0500. 80% LTV, 30-year fixed, 6.985% APR, 740 FICO, primary home, rates as of 1116, NMLS 298-191, and rates subject to change. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. 
By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679 and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Deborah from Westminster, you are next. Go ahead, Deborah. Hi, I have a 2018 Equinox, and the back windshield washer nozzle where the fluid comes out Mm -hmm. was plugged. So I took a paper clip and cleaned it out, which is what I was told to do. But it's still not working. And, yes, I do have fluid in there. Okay. Is it not... Is it not pumping or is it just not coming out or can you tell i can't tell how do i know when you flip the switch do you hear like a motor running like a little electric motor like a a buzz or anything like that when you flip the switch i have i have bad hearing so i really probably wouldn't hear and then when you do flip the switch nothing dribbles there's not like a little drop or anything that comes out the back windshield no no liquid comes out at all okay then I would have to have somebody look at it because it could be a blown fuse, the pump's bad, and a lot of times we have with the actual line that runs from the washer bottle up front to the back will break or, I mean, we had one the other day that the driver's side carpet was wet because that's where the line ran and it broke down there. That was going to be my next question, Deborah. Do you, when you're running that back pump, do you see any leaks, anything, anywhere where it would look like you've got another issue going on or can you see anything like that? No, nothing that I've been able okay. to know. Okay. Now, and if you've got even a neighbor or somebody that, that can listen a little bit, if, as you turn that, that washer for the rear on, you should hear something humming, buzzing, something along those lines. If not, the pump's not coming on. So I should be able to hear it from the inside? Or outside. Head? Usually, but yeah. Outside, easier. If you have a neighbor, go ahead and pop the hood on the car yep. and have him stand right where you put the washer fluid in. And, and listen. Then, and then activate that rear wiper. Squirter, and he should be able to hear it if he's right by that right. bottle. He'll he or she, it, yeah. doesn't matter, either one. Exactly. As long as they've got good, like a child even, anybody that can hear well, just have them listen. Okay, so they would hear it from underneath the hood. Yes. Yeah, it, that's where it's going to be the loudest because that's where the pump's at. Okay. And if they don't hear anything when you activate it, it's not coming on. Right. So are there two pumps, one for the front and one for the back? That's correct. Okay. All right, that'll be my next step to try. All right, let us know, Deborah. Okay, thank you. You're very welcome. And you can always text us to Deborah or, or email. You can go to the website, drive-radio.com, email us from there, or you can text us, 307-200-8222. Conrad, what's up? Hey, guys, it's a great show again, as usual. Thanks, sir. Thank you. Uh, yeah, the shows I like to watch is Graveyard Cars. I mean, that Mark Warman, he's amazing with his knowledge he has of those Mopars. And uh, also engine masters too. Hmm. I've never. Wa- I've never. Wa- I've seen a little bit of the graveyard cars one. I've never watched the engine masters. Yeah, it's David Freiberger, and they, they do all kinds of different things with sh- sh- swapping cams and connecting rods and heads and all kinds of stuff. It's okay. very educational. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, uh, I'll have to check anyway. those out. I've I've not seen uh, specific channels or or networks. It's on Motor Trend. Motor Trend. Okay. Yeah. 
used to be speed speed TV or speed vision. I yeah, guess, I can't keep up with all their changes <laughs> they've got, Connor. I mean, even Charlie and I talk about it. It seems like somebody's buying somebody every single week. Yeah, and I'm about ready to drop Direct TV because I took off Newsmax. But uh, you, you're on Roku. Can you get it on there? I don't. You know, I don't know. I don't have Roku. I don't know. I don't watch oh, I much TV anymore. I thought you said you had Roku. No, I don't have Roku, and I cut Dish Network off, and I don't watch much of anything. Occasionally, some stuff on Netflix. That's about it. Okay. Well, that's that's where it's at. If you ever want to check those shows, I'll do it. I'll do it, Conrad. No, Uh, appreciate that. My my question is, you know, I've had that one cylinder on the Torino's engine that's got that gouge in it. You think if I maybe keep doing a few uh, oil changes using some EPR, that that might kind of alleviate that a little bit until I get that other engine built? Maybe it's going to, I mean, there's really no way to fix a gouge. Once it's there, it's there. You could try to keep the rings loosened up a little bit, but honestly, it, it's going to use some oil. It's going to foul the plug periodically. It just is what it is. There's not much you can do, Conrad. That's what I thought. Yeah, I and mean, once they get scored, they're scored. There's really nothing you need to fix it. Yeah, we're pretty sure we saw a gouge in there when we put the scope in there. So. Yeah. yeah, I think you, you sent me pictures of that. I think I saw that as well. I gotta get my act together and get the uh, other one built. So, anyway, how, how long can you drive in between at Fallon plugs? Uh, I guess probably maybe five hundred miles. Yeah. Maybe not even that much. G- given yeah. the fact you don't drive it a whole lot, you've got time. Yep. Yeah, anti fowler in. Yeah, you could yeah, do that as well. Time of the yeah. year anyway, as I've got it up in my shop in Sterling, I don't even drive it this time of year. Yeah, no, yeah, you're like me. You're not even getting it out of the garage. So. Exactly. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. You taking care of your good old Buick there? Like oh, yeah. Car yeah, it's, that's up on the top rack, so I don't drive it much. I haven't driven it for well over a year. I got out of the garage the other day, and it fired right up, but no, I don't drive it much. They got a 455 in it? 400. That's a 68, so 400, 400 is all. Cool. I'd like to see it sometime. Well, all right, well, great show, guys. Thanks, Conrad. Appreciate you very much. Jeff in western Montana, you're back. What's going on? Hey, you were talking about capturing data off of fobs, and that can you know, Juggle the memory that I have an article I read within the last month by a guy named Sam Curry. He's a web application security researcher. Okay. And he was talking about web hackers versus the automobile industry. And they went through a pretty comprehensive list of vehicles. The, the only major manufacturer I didn't see in there was GM, just off the top of my head. Um, but they can do all sorts of things. If they only know the VIN on your vehicle, they can get in and via the web, they can fully remote lock, unlock, start your engine, stop your engine, locate it, flash the headlights and hawk. Um, they can do a full remote takeover using the VIN. You can find out the, the owner's name, phone number, email address, and physical address. Lock users out of remotely managing their vehicles, they can change the ownership. And this is on Kia, Honda, Infinity, Nissan, and Acura. So yeah, they're going, they're backdooring into the telematics, is what they're yeah. doing. Uh, right, you know, Stellantis or back when it was, you know, still SCA, they had some issues along those lines. They had to patch and they sent out some patches, you know, really via the network, if you would, that went right to the vehicles because they had the same. That's kind of where that started from. And I, to my knowledge, they fixed their backdoor leak, but it sounds like these guys haven't. Well, what happens is, yeah, on the vehicles themselves, it may not necessarily initially be able to, but also the websites, the manufacturer websites, they use what's called a single sign-on, and that gets misconfigured. 
mm-hmm. and there's vulnerabilities that they can take advantage. So they go in and they find your information using VIN, and then they use that information to access your vehicle and do all sorts of things. Mm. Not shocked. So, um, yeah, so uh, just, you know, out there, beware. As you say, there's all sorts of things going on. Yeah, there is. And, and Jeff, I mean, we could talk on this probably for three straight hours on just the situational awareness, what people should be paying attention to. But, I mean, I watch people all the time just, you know, they pull up, get out of the car. They might even lock the car until they're 15, 20 feet away. I mean, I, that, that and that is just not me. I mean, I, I, of course, I'm the guy that backs into the parking spot, which there's some folks out there that I know absolutely despise, but that's just how I was raised at the dealership. You always backed into a spot. It's how I've been taught to drive since I was a, a young boy, and the reality is it's just stuck with me, so I always do it. But, you know, I'm that guy. I'm backing in. I'm looking around. What's around me? Where am I parking? You know, I don't want to park in between two cars unless I absolutely have to. I'm going to park way out away from everybody else because I don't want to be that guy with a door ding, and then, honestly, I just don't want to be around all of that other stuff that's going on. I want to be as far away from things as I can. It, it's just me. And if I have to walk a little bit further, I'll walk a little bit further. And I think in the end, knowing everything that we're talking about with you know being able to pick up your fob and steal the car and so on, again, Jeff, the more of this sort of thing you do, I just think the better off you are. Yeah. The only, and this is a bit of humor, the only drawback about backing in at church is they think you're anxious to leave. So. They think what? <laughs> You're anxious to they leave. Think you're anxious I think you're anxious to, to leave. leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, then a little bit off topic, but you mentioned the, uh, the weather balloon. Uh, my background, uh, I, I did intelligence in the Air Force when I was active duty. And, uh, yeah, they can tell what that thing is configured for. And everybody who's, who's knowledgeable says it's not a weather balloon. And there's some folks... Uh, I, I go to a local, I call into a local radio show here during the week, and uh, folks are going, oh, it's not a big deal. They're just, you know, a weather balloon out of China. Why are we making such a big deal out of it? It's like there's all sorts of reasons why, you know. Yeah, first um, of all, it's not just a weather balloon. Second of all, we should always be worried when there's another country's stuff mm-hmm. headed over our continent. Right, NORAD is designed to protect the borders and NORTHCOM is designed to protect the interior. And both those folks work out of Cheyenne Mountain. Yep. And I guarantee that when they found out about this, that they uh, they went on, I wouldn't say go on alert because that's not what they do, but um, they, they have a heightened awareness of what's going on and they want to make sure that there is no... Um, threat to the North American continent or for NORTHCOM for the U.S. And so um, we don't know what's on a balloon. It could right. be anything. Folks are getting upset about the word payload. Well, that's, that means a weapon. Well, no, a payload is what something carries. And so that balloon carries a payload. So what is that payload? And uh, Yeah, what, are, they, are they taking pictures? Are they analyzing the weather itself? Are they analyzing the atmosphere over certain sites? I mean... All of the above, Jeff? Who knows? Yeah, and now it's, it's kind of humorous because it was over eastern Montana. I went over Malmstrom Air Force Base and then Billings. There was a guy in an airplane that Billings saw it up in the air, and so he took a 500-millimeter lens, put a two-times extender on it, and got a picture of it out there. Um, the yeah, and thing, really you know, quick, I know it's um, off-topic or off of the show, but what's really disturbing is 
the White House knew all of that, but never once said anything until that guy took pictures and started circulating them, Jeff. That's the sad part. Yep. Our government knew it was up there, but didn't say anything about it on purpose to try to keep that diplomatic, you know, uh, uh, relations going because they wanted to have that meeting and keep things going and so on. And, of course, all that came off as, you know, that that went off the rails as soon as we found out that balloon was floating around. But the, the Biden administration did everything possible to make sure nobody knew about it. That's a bunch of garbage, by the way. Yeah, it is. And uh, I just I just want folks out there, since you brought it up on this show, just to know that, yeah, that, it's not as innocuous as a lot of people think. We don't Agree. know. And Agree. If you don't know you treated as a threat. That's right. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate that. Got to run. Be right back. Mickey, hang tight. We'll come back after our last break. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. You listen to Drive Radio because you have a lot of questions about your car. You have questions about what kind of oil to use, what the best tires are, where to get the best parts. But have you ever asked what will happen to your car after you die? Did you know that if you don't have a will that specifically states what will happen, a probate judge will order your family to split your car evenly? And because you can't cut up a car into pieces, your family will be forced to sell it and just split the money. According to Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, it is estimated that two out of three people don't have a proper will in place. And oftentimes, things like your favorite classic car are accidentally forgotten completely. Michael understands that the only way to be absolutely certain that all of your final wishes will be honored is to take a small amount of time to talk about it. 720-394-6887. 720-394-6887. Call Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, right now to set up a free consultation and make absolutely sure that you don't leave anything to chance. Few things are life-changing. Your wedding day, the birth of a child, an oil change. Wait, what? Yes, an oil change can change your life if it comes with a peace of mind that if your engine, including the fuel system, fails, you're covered for life. The BG Performance Oil Change comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system. Find a shop near you at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. BG. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. All right, we are back. Got two calls. I'll try to get you guys in here before we end the show. Mickey, you're first. Go ahead, Mickey. Yep, wanted to do the first product placement, best car show 
Route 66. Every year, Chevy give a new Corvette to the guys to drive around mm. in. Nice. And that's what started a lot of guys loving Corvettes. Yeah, good point. That and the space program, the astronauts having them. Yep. Yep, good one, Mickey. But that, well, wait a minute. The Route 66 started in 1960. Right, way before the other guys. Way they were in the mid-60s them. and, you know, late-60s, I should say. So, yeah, uh, you know, you're very right. Good, good point. Being an old farm boy, I'd never even seen a Corvette before that. Yeah. <laughs> good point. And a lot of guys that still love Corvettes got their start there. Yep. Yep. I believe it. Good one. All right, thanks. Hey, thank you, Mickey. Appreciate it. Somebody also said really quick on the balloon. Didn't hear what uh, the last caller said, but the balloon probably was transmitting real-time data back to China. It's down now. I just got a, a news uh, a news alert that they just now shot it down, so it is now down. Craig and Wheat Ridge, what's going on? Hey, John. Um, favorite TV show would have to be Top Gear, and that huh? being the original original cast. All righty. Writing that down. And I want, wanted to ask you, um, I know there was talk not too long ago about the oil companies, whether pressure from the EPA or whatever, we're going to increase our ethanol content to 15%. Have you heard anything more about that? I don't think they're going to. I, I think that died. I think that, they, they got enough pushback from car makers and small engine guys and so on that I don't see that happening. Okay, then a related question. Uh, some of the gas stations, again, sell ethanol-free gas, which is definitely going to be better for your smaller engines. But is there any advantage into using that in your automobiles, your late-model late, late model cars, um, and maybe even some of the – let's say you have something from the early 2000s. Would it be better to mix in a little of that with the <laughs> ethanol blend or just not at all? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No. Doesn't matter. And your your fuel economy is not going to get better with just running uh, un ethanol blended gas, would it? I mean, a little. Yeah, the ethanol. Yeah, because yeah. the ethanol does not have the the efficiency. It's probably the best way to say it as regular gasoline does. So yeah, if you ran no ethanol gas, you're going to get a little bit better fuel economy. Yes. Okay. Well, you're going to pay for it. It's they've correct charging a little bit more. Correct. For it. So in the end, it's probably a wash. Okay. That's all I have. All right. No, good questions, Craig. Appreciate that very much. Dave, what's going on? Hey, uh, how long does it take uh, for oil to deteriorate in a vehicle uh, that's really not moved very often? A long time. Okay. Because I've got a vehicle that I don't move. I don't like to drive it in the snow a lot, just when it's pretty clear. It's a newer vehicle, but uh, I generally have gone off the computer saying, oh, it's time for an oil change. I just changed it maybe six months but like I said, I, I probably don't put 5,000 miles on the car in a year. Okay. So I was wondering if it's too soon to change it. or uh, if, that, if you're doing that many miles a in months. a year and it's sitting, I'd do an annual oil change is what I would do. Mm-hmm. Just pick okay, which cool. month of the year you want to do it and just do an annual one and call it good. Okay, cool. And another quick question off topic. Uh, do you ever remember doing what we used to call bench racing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, or you, you know, theoretical. Yeah, yeah. Theoretically, if I if I had this combo and this car and blah blah blah, I could go this fast. Oh yeah, yeah. It was yeah, very common what, back in the day. What if or what could? Yeah. So I, I had one the other day. I was thinking about it. In my truck. I just I like my truck. I got no reason to get rid of it. You know, it's running fine. But uh, the newer trucks are pretty cool. And uh, looking at it, and I was thinking, could I take a newer GMC? 10-speed transmission and make that to an O2 GMC. 
No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you could make right. it. You could make it. You could make it physically fit and work. It's the electronic side of it that would be the most difficult thing because that ten speed is driven completely off of software, and unless you've got all of that in that vehicle to be able to drive that transmission, now. Down the road, okay. will we see some aftermarket guys come out to where you can put that transmission in some street rods and things like that? I would venture to guess, yes, Dave, that will happen. It's only a matter of time. But to my knowledge, unless somebody out there knows something I don't know, I don't know of anybody doing that yet. I would guess at some point that will come, though, Dave. All right. Yeah, so believe no, me, there's guys working on that right now because they're going to want to put that in all sorts oh, of yeah. things. So, yeah, they'll work on that. Yeah, and it's, it's one of those things that I've had this argument with uh, some greeny friends of mine about <clears throat> going to electric vehicles, you know, if, if we just leave uh, business to itself and they will feed what the uh, consumer wants, if they want more economical vehicles, they have. And, I'll, you know, the gas internal combustion engine will continue to evolve if we allow it. Yep. I mean, the, the, the amount of mileage that we're getting, the efficiencies that we're getting now, were probably unheard of 20 years ago, but you know what, it, the, the, the consumer pushed it and uh, business responded. I think if we just let them alone, we could probably continue on with gas internal vehicles for another 100 years. Well, GM, who, by the way, talks out of both sides of their mouth because they're saying they want to go all EV by X amount of time, just spent $854 million, million with a, you know, almost a billion dollars. And probably by the time they're done, it may be very close to that. $854 million on uh, it's it's six generation small block V eight engine. So, yeah. uh, Dave, their ICE engines aren't going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. and it's just interesting. I don't know if you heard it this week that Bugatti uh, produced and sold its last internal combustion engine. Man, that's Volkswagen. That wouldn't that engine. wouldn't surprise me. You know, but I was like, the now, Germans. now you you, yeah. you ruin you ruin the cachet of having a supercar. Yeah, which is. Listening to the rumble of that engine, right, and feeling that power. I mean, sure, I'm sure an electric vehicle can pick up the speed. Oh, the speed is no problem for an electric insane. car. They're faster, but um, there's still something about the roar of that regular ICE engine yeah. that you just can't beat. Period. Well, they'll do, and, and that, they'll do like and that, Dodge. That's what you're paying for. I mean, especially when you come talking about Bugatti prices. You know, come on. Right. Right. No, good one. Dave, appreciate it. Those are great comments. And Josh just said, yeah, uh, that maybe they'll end up doing what Dodge does, where they put a speaker on the outside of the car where it sounds like, which, by the way, I was at SEMA. Josh and I both were. And yeah, Sorry. Yeah. I can't do that. No. That's just not me. I can't do that. I'm not, I'm not going to drive an electric vehicle that sounds like a gas engine. It's just that's to me, that's just stupid. Sorry. I don't get that at all. If you're going to drive an ICE engine vehicle then drive it if you're going to drive an ev then drive it i mean i really don't care one way or the other the ice you know the ice engine vehicles are way way cool they sound great and a lot of them are very fast but folks they'll never be as fast as the evs they just no. won't be the evs just have the ability of instant power there's no uh, anticipation or waiting for that ice engine to build up and the torque curve and everything else it's just not there. It's not the same on an EV. It's instant power. It's instant torque. It's all right there the minute you step on it. So, yeah. Josh, joy always having you. Thank uh, you. Give out your phone number really quick up in Boulder for uh, you know for both your places. So it's 303-396-0555 for Legacy, and then 303-442-4141 for Ridgeline Auto Brokers. And if you drive it and you miss any of that, just go right to drive-radio.com, drive-radio.com. All of Josh's places are listed there. 
as well. So, guys, until Monday when I'm back for Rush to Reason, have a great weekend. Enjoy. If you're listening to a replay of us on Sunday, thank you very much as well. And this has been Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.